Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Green Jeans. I'm your one co-host, Annika Van Rossum. My pronouns are she, her. I'm joined by my other co-host. Maya Van Rossum, also using pronouns she, her. And uh, we do this podcast. We're talking about social and environmental justice issues through a generational lens. And if you've been listening to this podcast, usually I do the intro and I'm very upbeat and happy. Um, That is not the case today. If you can't tell, it's a little bit more somber from both of us who are usually very bubbly people um, because we're going to talk about what happened this week, unfortunately, on Tuesday with another school shooting, the one in Texas. Um, The numbers keep changing of victims going up. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, you know, some just our our feelings about it because, yeah, I don't know. Um, Oh, and I think also what's happening. Yeah. In reaction to it, um, yeah. which is really um, horrifying. As you said, I think when I first heard the news about it, sort of towards the end of that day, they were talking about um, four victims dead, which is a horrifying a lot when you're talking about children who died because they went to school. Yeah. Um, and then by the next day, it was up to 20. And I think the last I heard it might be 21, 19 children and two adults. And because kids went to school and these two adults went to work and they should have been safe and nobody should have had to have been worried. Um, And it ended in catastrophe because of guns. Yeah. I mean, especially like never that there's any setting that this is okay I think it's like it's always just especially shocking when it is like elementary school kids and this was like somebody that came another young person but like came from outside the school and entered with automatic rifles um and that's just like especially scary to me um and I was (laughs) so I I I guess first, before I get into like what pissed me off actually last night before I went to bed that I saw, um, I'm just curious, mom, because I feel like since I was in high school, I know like Columbine and all that happened like when I was really young, but I feel like when I was starting to get to like the end of middle school, high school, school shootings were like, were like when the school shooting drills kind of started for us and it was like a pretty prevalent like awareness, but it was more, I feel like centered around like people who are bullied are the ones that are going to come in and like shoot everyone not kind of like random people or like it was just a like a whole different conversation but when you were in school because we do this generational thing like I don't know was this ever kind of like a worry for you or nope I mean it wasn't it wasn't a thing never thought about it didn't have we had fire drills yeah that's what we had we had fire drills and um And yeah, it was really around the time of Columbine and what a shock. And then as everybody knows, this is just an increasingly regular occurrence um, around the nation. And and I think that, um, you know, when it happened, like when Columbine happened, you know, for a period of time after you you ponder, you worry, you wonder, um, and then it, fades and it doesn't feel and it never felt like it was as possible that it would happen in you know where you were going to school or where Vim was going to school or where 
you know, Stephen and Tommy were going to school with you, my stepkids, two of my stepkids. Um, but now it really is. I mean, I it is not uncommon that I send um, Dave, my teacher husband, and Vim, my high school son, off to school. And I wonder if something's going to happen, you know, and then periodically you get an email from the school saying that they found a threat of gun violence in a note left on the bathroom floor, like, or, or these different things that happen. And, um, and the school, you know, hyper reacts. And it's very understandable why they hyper react, because this is becoming common. And it is it is a scary thing. So I didn't think about it at all as a child. I think about it a lot as an adult and a parent. Yeah. I mean, and like I was, so one of the things I read this morning was um, just like stats and like, usually I'm like the numbers person on the podcast we do, but this is like so much more than just like numbers, but it is like shocking. It was the United States is the only nation in the world where civil guns outnumber or civilian guns outnumber people so there's more guns than there are people and you know I think we've seen with a lot of these mass shootings it's you know and the one in New York where people were targeted for their race it's people who have access to automatic rifles or automatic weapons and there's like simply no reason that anybody that any civilian should have an AR-15 let alone two let alone multiple like we this the things that one can list is just like ridiculous to me. Um, but before I went to bed, I was just watching the news and there's a clip. So um, I guess Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas had like a press conference and Ted Cruz was there. And like a lot of the reporting was um, big shout out to Beto for um, Beto O'Rourke who like went up and basically interrupted the press conference and was like, stop this BS. Like you need to do something about guns like right now. And of course, I was appalled that Ted Cruz and everybody was like shouting at him. They're like, get out, da, da, da. like, like that he was this awful person. And it's just ridiculous. Like, so F you, Ted Cruz, F you, Greg Abbott. But before all that happened, um, I have something about I saw Ted Cruz did this morning, too. Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, was like, you know, we're going to talk about what happened. But he literally said, if there's one like, you know, with everything that happened, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Are you kidding? First off, this is the, again, this is the deadliest mass school shooting since Sandy Hook. So like, I don't know what you're talking about, but also like literally one person getting shot in a school is the worst situation. There's no, it could have been worse. That is the worst thing possible done. And I can't believe that came out of his mouth. Well, and and Ted Cruz also was, um, quoted in the in the press is, is saying well Ted Cruz said I read it in the press if you want to stop these murders go after the murderers no shit Sherlock of course you're going to go after the murderers they've got him they're going after him but that doesn't stop the next round of mass shootings right whether it's in school or out of school in a supermarket so yes, you go after the murderers, but you also have to find a, a cure or at least some level of a cure for the problem. And the problem is access to guns and the prevalence of guns. And I'm glad that you raised that point about um, you know, how many guns are in the US. And it's not just a little difference 
between the US and, and other nations. Um, one assessment that was done, and this was reported in the, in the BBC, um, about the number of guns in private hands per people. And in the US, for every 100 residents, there are 120 guns in private hands. So mm -hmm. as you said, more guns than people. And that just puts it on the on that more, you know, per people. But um, the next state down from the US is Yemen. Okay. And there for every hundred people, it's 52 guns, less than 50%. And the numbers, you know, just go down and down from there in terms of other countries. And so that's really quite shocking. Um, in fact, the, the, what is it, Iceland, the, of the top, they do the top 10 for every 100 residents, it's 31 guns. That's a quarter than what's happening here in the US. And sort of connected with that, the number of killings that happen by gun, homicides by gun, is dramatically higher in the U.S. In the U.S., for you know, when you look and in, take into account all homicides, 79% of them happen by gun. Hmm. When you look at other nations, the, the next one down is Canada. 37% of the homicides are by guns. In the U.K., 4% of the killings are from guns. So... It's, you know, they, they love to say, the, the, the pro-gun people love to say, you know, the, 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 the problem isn't the guns, it's the people. No, the problem is a combination. The problem is the people. And then you give those people who are prone to killing others access, easy access to guns. And in Texas, they're making it easier and easier by the year. And we can talk about that. The more shootings that happen, the reaction in Texas is some placating language. And then when they actually have an opportunity to act, they're actually making it easier to have a higher prevalence of guns in Texas society. Yeah. And uh, um, I saw now this news, and I think Mitch McConnell is talking about it. Um, the former leading cause of like child death in the US was car accidents or like yeah, car, yeah. And now it's guns, now it's shootings. Um, which is just like, I, there's just no words for it. I mean, that's the hard thing about this conversation is it's also just like, there's just nothing to be said. And I'm shooketh. And I saw like at this same press conference, um, a reporter was like asking Ted Cruz, like, like, are you going to do anything about like guns and like this issue with guns? And Ted Cruz and me is like, I don't, this isn't about politics. And then, but then he says multiple times, he's like, you want to do something about guns though? And you want to do something about gun violence? The, the, poli the policies that the Democrats have laid out aren't going to do anything. And the Democrats this and the Democrats that and the Democrats aren't going to do this. And it's like, literally the fact that your immediate answer isn't to just be a clear headed human and be like, I understand that the Republican party, that the right wing, whatever likes their guns but I, as a human being, am not going to watch any more children be murdered and just say that. Like, I don't care if you're not going to have an exact answer of what you're going to do, but just say, you know what? It is time for, like, the fact that that's not your answer, like, immediately is I just, I don't, I really don't get it. Like, obviously, a mass shooting is never okay, and it's never something that should happen, but especially when it's just, like, innocent children 
who went to school and are sitting and coloring what like I just and your immediate response is it and this freaking party that's like we have to protect the right to life and that's why fetuses who aren't even born yet should have rights but the children that are already in this world that are in a school building have less rights to their life than some freakoid with a gun like I don't I don't get it I really don't well, and that's the thing is they, they, as you said, they raise up the constitution, they raise up the constitution to force um, people to carry to term what at one point is a bunch of cells. Yeah. Um, and they're forced to carry it to term and then birth it, obviously as a baby. Um, but then after that child is born, right? So the, the, there's, there's no right to universal health care, right? There's no right to be protected from the climate crisis. There's no right to clean water or clean air or those essentials to life. But as you, and, and, and there's no right to be protected from this wanton gun violence. And yet there is under the constitution, right? I'll put all this in the constitutional context. And yet there is a constitutional right for the killers to get the guns that they use to kill, to kill the kids. And so, you know, it, it, that, that they cloak themselves in the constitution to um, deny critical protections to a happy, healthy, long life to children and people. Um, but, but yet then again, cloak themselves in the constitution to allow access to guns that devastate their lives and to deny critical needs like healthcare, like clean water and clean air. I mean, it is just, the hypocrisy is just off the charts insane. And I do wanna say like thinking about this whole issue of rights and reactions and, and what's happening from those in the, in the, in the pro-gun arm of politics and, and the community. Um, after a 2019, after 2019 in Texas, there were two, two shootings. There were um, 23 people were killed by what the news reported, the Texas Tribune reported as an avowed racist at an El Paso um, Walmart. And then a few months later, a few weeks later, seven more people were killed in a shooting spree um, in Midland and Odessa. And the year before, in 2018, there had also been a killing at the Santa Fe High School. And there, 10 people had been killed, 13 injured, while they were in an, in an art classroom, just going back to your, you know, coloring. Mm -hmm. And while there were some verbal platitudes for a little while, the governor and the lieutenant governor, Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Patrick, you know, spewed some things immediately thereafter. And then in terms of doing something meaningful in response and then quickly um, pulled back from it. And what ultimately ended up happening in the wake of those, those uh, couple of years of significant shootings was the legislature um, passed a, a bill giving more teachers access to guns. So this idea that now teachers are supposed to be carrying guns in the classroom oh, and yeah. teaching and you know wielding it's guns. Like 
and they also had thing to stop like a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun like that whole argument yeah which isn't true because there were a lot of good guys with guns that didn't stop this bad guy right um but then the other thing is is that they removed the requirement to have a permit to openly carry a handgun in texas so there there was a it's you know a um it eliminated the requirement for Texas residents to obtain a license to carry handguns um, if they were entitled to carry, you know, if they weren't prohibited from carrying a handgun under state or federal law. So you remove the permit obligation. I mean, that was the reaction then. What's gonna be the reaction now? How are we gonna make it even easier? What are we gonna go as, is Texas government gonna go buy guns and for every, for every one of their residents and hand them out? like candy, is that what we're gonna do now? Just to make sure we're gonna, there was somebody who was saying on the press, oh, well, I, 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 you know, I'm embarrassed that Texans haven't bought more guns. I think it was the governor who said that in the not too distant past. So, okay, so how are you gonna cure that? You're now gonna go buy guns and hand them out to everybody? I mean, it sounds absurd, but all these things that they're doing are absurd. Yeah. Because they are non-helpful responses and they are responses that make it worse. And as you said, if you don't think that the other side is putting forth solutions that will make a difference. The reaction is don't do anything, you know, cover your ears and eyes and say, I can't hear you or see you. The reaction then is to say, I don't think their solutions will work, but here are my solutions that will and put something forth that's meaningful. Yeah. And I mean, it's like at the end of the day too, like there's like, I still like, there's absolutely no reason that anybody in this country should own an automatic weapon. Or like that is like, I mean, I don't like guns in general at all, but the fact that anybody could get that this 18 year old could get his hands on two AR-15s is absolutely absurd. And why nobody in the Republican party at least can like see that as a minimum problem, like that you guys can't even just like take a breath and go like no automatic weapons. Like that you can't even do that is ridiculous. Number one. Um, also, like, yeah, like, you know, give everyone guns. This, so we're recording this on Friday of the week, guys. So like, I don't have all the information, but I read this morning that, like, I guess when the police appeared at the school, like, a bunch of the parents also, like, you know, they heard and they ran and parents were yelling at the police because the police weren't going into the school. And they were like, parents were getting ready to storm the school and be like, if you're not going to fucking save my kid, I am. And it's like, adding more guns into the mixture or adding these police that you know we are like the that the world thinks are like the saviors like not not the thing like the the start has to be getting the access of the gun away from these people that have this ill intention or could possibly do it um but i think it's interesting mom you saying about the like cloaking themselves in the constitution because we listen to and i we've talked about it in law school um so if anybody wants the full story go listen to the more perfect podcast and the episode is called the gun show the second amendment is like and the rights that people have around it is a really new concept honestly um and it's like wasn't really ever clear in the constitution so if anyone's ever read it it's like a civilian militia so the debate is always like if that's actually the national guard or this concept that was created by the founding fathers of like people should be able to rise up against their government if we have a monarchy problem again. So everybody should be able to like protect themselves. Like there's that debate, Um, but it's never been clear. And the second amendment wasn't really a big thing until I think like 
the NRA, of course, did some big stink, but it's basically all comes out of a case of the District of Columbia versus Heller. And so like, you can go shopping for plaintiffs. And these lawyers found this guy, Dick Heller, who is an out, who was a racist, who was a misogynist, an awful person. And they were challenging a limitation on handgun purchasing in DC. And all because Justice Scalia did his little thing that he does. I hate him. He finds a way or found a way to do everything the way he wanted it to. And because of the placement of one flipping comma in the sentences of the Second Amendment, he said, this means that every person has a constitutional right. So like, I just want everybody who like, I think everybody should look that up because I feel like gun rights activists are always like it's in it's a constitutional right it's really not in my opinion and from what i've read it's something that the supreme court freaking made up or that antonin scalia freaking made up and said i'm going to twist and turn this how i want it to it has nothing to do like the constitution and the history and things of the founding fathers is a hundred percent 95 percent silent on what the second amendment actually fucking means like it's just not as clear as the Republican Party is making it out to be. It's really not. And like, that's what pisses me off is it's not a constitutional right. It is a made up thing, frankly. And it's just, it, it is so stunning how, again, you know, you, the, the, the powers that be, whether it's the Supreme Court these days or that they, they or legislators um, without a moral compass, will twist things to be the way they want, particularly when it harms people. I mean, really to, to, to limit access to guns does not harm people. It may require them to modify their lives. It may, maybe they're, I, I, I don't, but, but it provides so much benefit and protection to everybody and doesn't harm harm, you know, in terms of life, right, like real life, those who have that limited access. And yet when you flip it around, giving guns just wantonly to everybody is harming a lot of people and harming the greater good. And frankly, it's harming the gun toters themselves because yeah. there are, there are people, you know, they, we, we, there are a lot of statistics about how many people commit suicide with guns. It's a huge number. It's more than half the half the deaths by gun, um, as I understand it, are people using guns to commit suicide. And you know, one thing about suicide is is yes, there are people who plan and work towards it, but there's it's also if you can get the person not to kill themselves in that moment. Very often you can help them past it, especially when we're talking about young people or that are people who are exp experiencing a health crisis, right? Of course, I'm not saying everybody, I'm, of course, there, but there are so many of those suicide deaths that wouldn't happen if the gun wasn't right there for the people to grab it and use it. Um, so there's just so much harm that's happening by having this. And it's physical harm, it's life harm, it's psychological harm, um, it's 
economic harm. I, oh, I was reading an article this morning in um, Law 360, and a decision was just handed down in New York State allowing a case to go forward um, where people could go after the gun manufacturers, um, bring a claim towards gun, gun manufacturers. And I think it's to, um, I don't know all the ins and outs of the claim, but the gun manufacturers were trying to say they have a right to free speech and this, that, and the other thing. They shouldn't, there's this law and that law and all these things that should um, make them immune from somebody coming after them for the damage inflicted by the guns that they have manufactured. And this one um, judge in New York State said, eh, no, you don't get to cloak yourself in all of these things. Yeah, good. Um, you can be subject to a legal challenge and go into court. And so that was really um, good to see because there too, a, a lot of what happens, a lot of why the laws are the way they are, or that case that you talked about, the Heller case and other cases, you know, the, the legislators the, and the legislation that we have and all these things, it's because the gun manufacturers and the gun advocates themselves have so much money. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's really about. It's about having money and making money and giving money to the right people that will do what you want them to do to allow more manufacture of and access to guns so that the gun manufacturers can make more money and give more money to the people who, I mean, it's, you know, to the legislators and it's to do the, their bidding and do that. I mean, it's just like this insane cycle and it's an insane cycle that's at its core about industry making money. Yeah. I mean, regardless just, of the sacrifice of kids and people. Yeah. And I mean, and it's just also like, it's just lies the things that they say too like they're like getting all their money a lot of their like money and stuff too like the NRA and all that are able to like say this like logic around or like pretend this story is like the democrats are going to come in and take your guns and they're going to take this from you when like really the only policies the democrats are doing isn't even like getting rid of guns it's like you should have to do a background check before i get it. you get it you should have to wait 30 days before you pick up the gun like you should be required to take like a training course so you know how to properly use it because another issue is a lot of people have guns in their home and you have issues of young children accidentally shooting somebody in the home like that happens and so it's never like this policy that's like we're taking your guns away even though the republican party loves to pretend like that's it um and it just yeah, it's just BS. And I just think so, like they're bad people. I think gun rights activists are bad people, frankly. And the, the, you know, there really is this democracy problem because, you know, Gallup reports repeatedly, other pollsters report repeatedly, how many people that the majority of, of, of um, people in America want to see some positive limitations on gun access, whether it's the kinds of things that you just mentioned or, or other things. I think that there's a whole range, but the majority of people are in support. The majority of people want to see the climate crisis taken on. The majority of people want to see clean energy advancing and dirty fossil fuels not, right? The majority of people want to see, want to have that access to healthcare by others. And um, the majority of people want women to have the right to choose about whether or not they want to have an abortion. Um, or carry a fetus to term. And yet, a very few in the Supreme Court and 
a minority in the legislature, whether we were talking about state or federal or combined, want to go the opposite way. And the minority, um, because of the way the Constitution is structured and, and, and a lot, you know, the energy level of those who are powered by anger and hate to get out and vote, that is giving that minority power. So I, I mean, I think it's really does, we have, we have a huge democracy problem and we really do need people, whatever their belief system is, you gotta go out and vote. It's such, uh -huh. it's such a, an, uh, it's not just a right, it's really an obligation. As somebody who became a US citizen by choice when I was in my twenties, right? The ability to go in and cast that vote was just, it's like just such a joy to, and it's very empowering. Um, so we really have to do that. Now, I wanna just tell you one other story, Annika. A couple of years ago at Vim's um, school, they, they, there was a program done that by this one group and they were bringing together parents, teachers and students to like talk about this issue of guns and gun violence and what's happening in school. And they had these breakout sessions. And in this one breakout session, um, a parent, asked a child and said, you know, I've been hearing about these bulletproof backpacks and things, you know, that you can buy that are intended for kids to take to school. So if a shooter comes in, right, you have a bulletproof backpack or a bulletproof vest that maybe you have in your, your backpack or whatever. So you could put that on. And like, with that, would, would you like that? Would that make you feel more protected? And the interesting answer from the student, and I thought this was really striking, and there were a lot of nodding heads from the other students was, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make us feel safer. It wouldn't make us feel better um, because it would mean that every single day that I went to school and I picked up that backpack, I would be reminded that somebody might come into my school and shoot me because I would be looking at this as this bulletproof backpack. And so that it would create this perpetual level of fear every single day I went to school because I would be reminded every single day I went to school that I need to be afraid. And so with that, it would really be harmful and not helpful. And I thought that that was, very, that was a very striking answer. And so just yeah. wanted to share that with, with our listeners. No, I think I've, I actually, I saw that my friends and I were talking about that too. Like I, I've seen that backpack and we were just like, what, what kind of country are we living in that people are like, I'm going to make a bulletproof vest backpack for kids. Like that, that seems to make more sense than let's enact laws to prevent gun violence like this. I just like, and good for that student for saying that, like that takes a lot. And I think too, like what always shocks me about this is like we've said with like so many, and I admire like so many young people for this, is it's not just like parents saying I'm scared for my kid. It's students that are like, I am in my school and I am afraid. The kids are the ones saying they are afraid. And it's yeah. just that nobody is listening is just ridiculous. And that they're not even not listening, that they're arguing with them on it, like that they are invalidating how they feel. And it's just, there's no so, way. So, you know, one way that people can take their power back, first off, look at, you know, what what movements are, are, are the organizations that are dedicated to 
getting meaningful action on gun ownership and, and, and access to guns, support them, engage with them, find out what they're calling on all of us to do and do it um, is one thing. And then the other thing really is vote, 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 yeah. right? Whatever your issue of concern, vote about it, vote for it, get somebody in office. And chances are, if you're concerned about um, um, the climate crisis, you're concerned about, then you're concerned about gun violence and you're concerned about the rights of women to um, choose their healthcare and make their family planning decisions. Uh, and so you're probably gonna find candidates that share you know, common ground with you on all of those issues. So you can, you know, vote in a way that's powerful and meaningful, and you're going to have a lot of other people. And when you decide on the best candidate to vote for, for yourself, share that knowledge with your friends, families, and neighbors. Um, Cause often people aren't quite sure who to vote for. It's hard to do that research. If you've done the research, share it yeah. and let others know what you're thinking and who you're going to vote for. And maybe you'll influence others to turn out. Cause that's a lot. I think why people don't turn out sometimes it's like, well, I don't know who to vote for. Yeah. So help people know who to vote for um, and help them get out to the polls. Yeah. I know two, two nonprofits that I know of that if people want everytown.org does a lot um, against gun violence and um, trying to stop that. So go check them out. And I also, um, I think it's called sandyhookpromise.org. And I think that's the one run by the student survivors from the Sandy Hook school shooting. And they create a lot of awareness around looking for the signs of gun violence, um, trying to prevent it. And obviously, um, sharing their story about what they went through. So those are two places yeah. to start to look if you're not sure. And then I thought I would end on a little bit of a, a different note, a carry forward from another previous episode where we were talking about wildlife rehabilitation. And one of the things we were talking about was how important it is if, if you um, hurt an animal, you know, run into it with your car, um, or you see a hurt animal check, you know, we're not talking about the orphans, right, which we talked about, like, you know, if you see an animal in the road, check to see if it's alive or not. Um, I actually, this morning, was driving back from my morning exercise, uh -huh. and there was a little hump on the yellow line in the middle of the road, and as I drove by, like a, a wing lifted up, and I thought, oh, it just lifted up because of the movement of the car, Yeah. but I thought, you know what, no, I'm going to check. And I swooped back and I stopped my car in the middle of the road. I hurt my, turned my hazard lights on and there was a bird laying there and it wasn't moving. So I thought, oh, it's dead. And then it blinked and it blinked and it blinked. It was alive. Oh, wow. So I got my towel and my box that we talked about the value of having that in your car. And I gently scooped it up and I brought it home and it had some, it had some, you know, energy because um, when I went to put it in the box, it like, you know, it, so it had some, some energy and long story short, um, took it to the wildlife rehab center. So um, it's now getting the care that it needs. And I will report out if they let me know um, if it was released, I don't expect them to, but I think they try to. But the, the thing is, is it was really sad. That bird was left lying there on the road. Somebody hit it. They knew they hit it. Yeah. And so like we talked about last time, every single time a car drove by that, bird had to be subjected to this horrible fear yeah. that it was going to get run over or, you know, and it didn't know, but, but get killed, get hurt. 
Yeah. Um, and so how horrifying that you, that you injured a creature and then left it to be so fearful because eventually it would have gotten run over, but yeah. it could have been a long time. Um, but how wonderful when you take a moment and stop and check that you can, you know, you can help save the life of a, of an animal who needs your help and yeah. take it to a wildlife center. Of course, I gave them a donation to thank them for their good works and caring for it. So, nice. so I think that that was just, uh, you know, when you take time and you care, you can make a difference. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great end, I feel like. That's a good little oh. lighthearted. Everybody we- can do something to change the world. Yeah. So, yeah. So, sad show, hopefully a little, little light at the end um, in a different context. Um, but thanks for having the conversation with me, Annika, because I know it's difficult and it's scary for each of us in different ways. You as a young person going into these places and spaces where, well, I guess really at this point, anybody, anybody can go anywhere. And I mean, that's the think that's the thing we've seen literally in just two weeks from schools to your grocery store. But I think like we always do at the end of every episode, just remember that everybody can make a difference. And if you're enraged or sad or whatever, whether it's going out to vote, calling your legislator, making a donation, everything counts and just do something. So yeah, I guess until next time, everyone. Until next time.